You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney+. Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney+, Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awaken Soul Podcast. Right off the top, if you want to follow me, make sure you do so at CEO Hayes. If you want to follow the podcast, make sure you do so at Awaken Soul Pod. If you want to send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I know there was a lot to just come out the top with, but nonetheless, uh, you guys know what it is. We're in The Awaken Soul. we got a great show planned for you guys this week. I have Marquis and Baylor, uh, my brothers from the Breaks Radio, in, and we're going to be talking about the life and career of Jay-Z with the 25th anniversary of Reasonable Doubt coming up. We're uh, breaking down what that album means, Jay's place. Uh, we're also going to be talking about um, is he the most influential rapper um, ever? Um, and then we'll also be talking about his biggest L outside of Ether. I know you hear that. Most people are going to go right to Ether outside of Ether. So all that and more planned on this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. But first, we got to get into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. We're going to do that right after the intro music. I'll see you guys right after that. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. All right. So the thing that I'm, I'm going to talk about and I was going to actually like I've, I know I've been off two weeks and th- shout out to everyone who supported me and reached out and was like, where's the podcast? I love you guys. Um, but so this week uh, in the in the minor hay segment, I'm actually going to talk about what I was originally going to drop last week. But this the week's got away from me and working on my next short film. I apologize. Um and that is the controversy within the Heights, right? We talked a little bit about it on the Breaks Radio. And, you know, the film, I think, was a great film. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I think it was a little bit too long, but I think I really enjoyed the film overall. But there's a lot of controversy coming about that over, uh, you know, it not being enough 
black Latinos in it or black people in Washington Heights. And, you know, shout out to Mary on the Bricks Radio who pointed out that Washington Heights is a extremely diverse place, saying that you wouldn't go far without seeing black people. Because, you know, I was in the mindset of um, seeing like I felt like In the Heights was a story being told about a specific group of people. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't a huge amount of diversity in that group of people, it was it was just told that it wasn't even even though it was technically about Washington Heights, which. I mean, that played a part in it, but not much. But I never felt like it was saying this is a whole representation of exactly what the Heights are. That's how I took it. And so, you know, Mary came out and then more details have come out about like the word black Latinos or Afro Latinos who uh, auditioned and just didn't get the parts. There was actually a big uh, storyline that was built around a black Latino in it or a black person in it that was taken out of the movie. And then that did start painting the picture that maybe it was something directly done here. Now, it's been a little while, so I'm not going to dive as deep into that as as I probably would have initially. But I will say this is that um, diversity and inclusion and I get it. We're in a place where it's at an all time high when it comes to racial tensions. And, you know, part of that is because of the uh, regime that was in, in it, that was in power uh, with the last president. And, you know, just the overtone of racism in this country, in the, in the, in the state of America and everything, uh, it's always going to be a sensitive t- topic. And we always want to see diversity. We always want to see inclusion. Now I am of the mindset that not every story is going to have much diversity and inclusion, depending on what it's told. The, my original view of in the Heights before I was a little more educated on it was because I thought it was about a specific group of people. You didn't see many people outside of that. Um, but I think we're in a place now, uh, you hear about like, uh, 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 Warner Brothers is going to be doing a black Superman I have a black writer and I think a black director too and they're going to be doing a black Superman and people are you know on both sides of the coin they're glad to see it some people are like well you know we have other black superheroes there are black versions of a black Superman in the comics they don't necessarily have to make Clark Kent uh, black but like there's a lot of different routes they can go we don't know yet but when we start getting to that place, and this is something that I've been really outspoken about, I think a lot of times like we'll get a whole bunch of uh, of, of black actors, right, that we want, and then it becomes about their complexion, where there's not enough light skin, or they're more light skin than dark skin actors. Then we get dark skin actors, and this is why, oh, they're actually British, and how that uh, Br- British actors and why they aren't casting African Americans, like we constantly divide, and uh, like I said, diversity and inclusion that's never going to be a problem. At all. But I think like the conversation starts losing context in certain ways. Like everybody just wants everything diverse. And like, for example, just think about it the other way around. Like Friday, for example, didn't have very many white people in it. It's one of our our cultural movies. Like, and it would have been disingenuous to add a bunch of white people just for inclusion into a story like that because that was very much a story of us. So I think. With the diversity thing, it has to fit a first the narrative uh, that's being told there. It has to fit the story that's being told. And yes, you can always make characters black, and th- th- and that's fine too. But if you if you just want to add some diversity that way, but we want honest. I don't. I, I personally, for me, the thing that I the thing the place that it gets dangerous for me uh, personally is is when people make things diverse just to say that they did, rather than it being honest and true and that's what i don't want i don't want it to now become oh well we need to cast four more black people and then those four black characters aren't really fleshed out they're just there to be to say that they had them that's not true diversity i want true diversity and and i think for me personally when i'm thinking about this it has to start with the story that's being told when you create and craft these stories it has to be from a place of wanting it to be diverse because yeah while you can gender swap race swap some colors and it doesn't really affect the narrative that's being told there which is perfectly fine um you know 
I think those they're good. They're a good place to start, and they're they're a great place to start in, in a lot of different ways. But I think ultimately the story that's being told, like you hear people say that they want to see uh, like black fantasy, more black fantasy characters and stuff like that. And in situations like that, it's like, okay, is the race of who you like? Is it so important? It, is it important to the character that this character be white or this character be Latino? Like, just cast the the best actor and. Often to that, we're like giving excuses of why a person of color or a black person isn't cast. And like, that's when it doesn't feel right. So basically what I'm what I'm going around, what I'm talking about here to just bring it all home is that when I hear about this controversy within the Heights, when I hear about like more controversy about diversity, inclusion in films and TV and stuff like that, for me, it's not just about the casting. It starts at a more rudimentary level with the original story that's being told and we need that's why we need more black representation in the writing room we need more black writers we need more black producers because i think that's what builds it in and it's more genuine in those cases i don't want a character to just be race swapped and say hey there you go you guys got your black character it it it, it doesn't feel good like that part of the reason why black panther was so culturally racially and world and important worldwide is the fact that that story Yes, the Black Panther is always black in the comics, but outside of that, the story that they told and the the visuals that they put on there and the African architecture, just the black and beautifulness that was on there was was that was a purpose. That was it was crafted to be that when that when when that movie that was the part of the vision when they crafted that movie. And you know, we want more honesty in our representation on film and TV like that. And so that's that's my my story. Not to get on a high horse or anything about it, but that's how I feel about the situation with the In the Heights film. Um let me know if you agree or disagree. But that's it. A fairly short uh in the mind of hay segment this week just because the main segment is so lengthy uh with marquee and baylor so we're gonna go ahead and get into a musical break and then on the other side of that we'll be jumping into the discussion about jay-z's career i'll see you guys right after this you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. Now, it's funny because I, on the first, like, 15 episodes of The Awakened Soul, I used to have a segment called The Cypher, which it was all about music, hip-hop, and that kind of spun out, and that became The Breaks Radio, so I don't talk about music a lot here anymore. But I have two gentlemen and my brothers from The Breaks Radio, so I feel comfortable having this conversation. We got Mr. Baylor the Great uh, in the building. What's going on, Baylor? Uh, another day, another dollar. All right, then we also more got money, the, more murder. <laughs> the rare wine connoisseur, a.k.a. the hip-hop historian, Marquis, in the building. I'm honored to be here, sir. I'm honored to have you. Uh, so we are here to have a conversation about the career of Sean Corey Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, 25 years after Reasonable Doubt dropped. And we had a conversation in our group chat that I wanted to bring to the podcast. Uh, a is about Jay-Z's legacy and career overall, but is he, when we look at it, the most influential rapper because of what he was able to do 
um, in music, business, and what he continues to do in several different uh, lanes uh, business-wise. But first, I think we have to start with Reasonable Doubt. And I know we're going to talk about it some on the Breaks Radio, so we don't have to get like super in-depth there. Let's tease them a little bit. But overall, like, where does that album still sit for you now 25 years later? You want to take it, B? Uh, I guess real quick, uh, Reasonable Doubt, I want to say somewhere probably, I want to say top, I want to say top five or six. Okay. For me. Okay. Uh, when Reasonable Doubt came out, I was in high school. I was in high school. So uh, I think when we were talking off air, uh, the way Marquise were describing certain albums or songs when they actually dropped, that kind of meant something. You know what I mean? When when you wh- where you first heard it, when you first heard it, and stuff like that. So when I first heard Reasonable Doubt, we were actually we actually made the transition of switching. Uh, our our division uh, of the team, the high schools that we played, and everybody knows. I think at this point, everybody should know about the infamous Crenshaw High School, um, which is a rival of ours. And when they came out, um, they they had actually came out to reasonable doubt. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? So so um, yeah, it was it was different. And then you got to understand around that time that was like. It, it it was it was it was some East Coast versus West Coast, you know what I'm saying during that time, and at the, but we were we were huge Jay Z, Nas, and Big fans, you know what I mean? Which mean I mean a lot of people probably didn't know they probably thought it was just one side and we was rolling with Pac, Death Row, Snoop and Dre, etc. Uh, but no, I mean we've had we had our divisions with inside the city. And um, just like probably back east, where they were breaking down Jay's uh, albums or the different—I mean, the 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 de- debates between Nas and Jay Z. We was having those same debates in high school and middle school between those two. Actually, between those three, because when Big hit the scene, that was different as well. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's, it's up there. But me personally, yo, I got a I got a couple of blueprints up there. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. All right. Marky? Um, it's in the top 15. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, it ranks really high for me because, and this is funny because everybody thought I wasn't a Jay fan back then. You either had to be a Jay or Nas fan. It's like being a Kobe or LeBron fan kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you didn't appreciate what Jay brought to the game. I think, unfortunately for him, his flow was very similar to Big. So he was always in Big Shadow when he came out a bit, you know, and fortunately, you know, when big pass, he kind of took that mantle because they have a very similar flow style. Big had a better staccato. Um, the way he had his rhyme patterns, I guess that came from his jazz um, training and everything, but reasonable doubt when we first played it, we all heard about Jay. We heard him on mixtapes and everything. You heard him um, with Jazzo when he was rapping fast with original flavor and all that. Mm-hmm. But when reasonable doubt came out, he slowed it up. He made it simple and it was raw. There was no, flashiness there was none it was just straight bars he was telling the story you know everything like feeling it can't knock the hustle brooklyn's finest when big got on with him and the only thing that would have made that album probably rank in the top five if nas actually would have did a guest appearance on that album and i'm pretty sure nas knew that and that's probably why he didn't get on an album with him Mm. honestly i'm confident he would have gave him more light than any shine more shine than he needed because I remember I don't know if y'all know about this. Um, Biggie didn't talk to Nas 
because he didn't go platinum. He would, Nas would hit him up. He wouldn't return his calls. And then when he finally went platinum, it was written in, in um, 96 when Reasonable Doubt came out, he said, you finally got your platinum boy, huh? So that's how, you know, that happened. And then he, I'm telling you, they knew that he got on this album with Big. There was something there between the tri, the, you know, the trio, the trifecta. Mm-hmm. But Big clearly leaned more towards Jay. And I think Big st- still probably took a slight at Nas because Puffy tried to sign Nas and Big had a problem with that because he was his second choice. There was a, there's a whole story that Puff went to Queens. Nas was going to sign with Bad Boy and then turned it down. And Big knows that Nas was his first choice. So there's a lot that went back there. I remember, oh, I'm telling you, I remember all this. But Reasonable Doubt, man, that, that era, that this is when um, you know, All Eyes on Me came out. This is when The Woo came out and all that, Black Moon and the rest of them. But we didn't expect Jay to come out with this, and he did. And it was, it's classic. And I can still listen to it this, to this day. This and the Blueprint to me is Blueprint are are his two best albums. So, and and, and uh, th- hey, let me just say this is why you are the hip hop historian, and I gave you that nickname because the fact that you just pulled that story out is hats off to you because you I didn't even know that as much as I'm a hip hop fan, you just gave me some information I never even never read, never heard about at all. So uh, that's why he gets the moniker and he has the name that he does. But uh, I'll say for me, reasonable doubt is I appreciate the album more the older I get if that doesn't if that makes any sense like I think the age that I was when that dropped and what he was talking about on that album like I could understand his rhymes were dope the beats were dope his ability but the content of it completely went over my head because I was like shit I would have been eight years old when that album came out so that shit was way over my head so as I go back to it uh now like I understand it more and more and more and it just makes the album better and it's one of those albums that I think it yes it stands in time it's very much representative of the time and era that it came out but that content is universal um and so but you know my my favorite Jay-Z album is uh uh, American Gangster. No, fuck. Kingdom Come is so fucking trash. <laughs> I hate that fucking album. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, reasonable doubt. You know, it's it's its place can't be measured. Like it's it's an amazing album. Um, so this is just a personal one for you, Marky Jay. Where do you where do you stand in the Jay versus KRS One argument? Lyrically, not any business wise. I know we're getting into all that. But from a MC standpoint, where do you where, where, who 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 do you put over each other there? KRS, and the reason is, like Jay said, I haven't been rhyming like common sense. Jay had the potential, but he didn't stick with it. KRS always stuck with it. He's a hybrid rapper. Rapper. He's an MC. He's a lyricist. He's a battle rapper. He's a storyteller. He's a hybrid. That's the difference between KRS and Jay. Jay is a rapper. And he probably is the greatest rapper of all time okay. in that category. He has lyrics. He's not a lyricist. You get what I'm saying? He's mm. not the qu- lyricist in that, that I get what you, mean. you know what I mean? I get what you mean. That's yeah. the difference. But okay. KRS overall, yes, Jay is the best rapper of all time. That's the difference. Baylor, where you stand on that? You agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, um, I don't agree that he's the best of all time as far as rapping, but I feel I do understand that. When you break down an MC versus uh, a rapper, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, obviously. I think Jay-Z has the ability to do that. I just feel like he focuses on the actual rapping part. We're breaking down. But, no, there has been some lyrics. 
that has went over my head mm-hmm. plenty of times before. So yeah, I mean, I I agree I agree with that. Um, there's a lot of other cats that I would that's in that same room with him though. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So reasonable doubt do started think? off. Go ahead. What, what do you think? I, it's hard to put anybody lyrically over KRS one. Like just lyrically, it's it's it's. I I can, I want to make I want to make arguments for certain people, but like you said, if you put it when you put it all together, it's it's really really hard to put anybody lyrically over over KRS one. Like the ar- arguments exist, so but arguments don't necessarily mean that it changes the truth, right? Like you can make an argument for some shit, but it's like KRS one is just. The, the way in which so he was able to effortless. It, mm-hmm. That's what I'm, and like when you go back and listen, and this is why I don't like when people use the argument. For example, and we're try to avoid this going down the rabbit hole. But like Eminem's response to MGK, where people are like, "Oh, it was weak," because like he didn't the inflection in his voice. But when you break down the lyrics, like, and this is why I don't understand those type of arguments because Karis, when he had moments where he got aggressive, but for the most part, it was just effortless rhyming over beats. He he never really seemed shooken. He never really seemed like anybody got him out of his. He just came. He came in the booth. He treated it like a nine to five. You swipe in, you swipe the fuck out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, just because of that, like, there are some things that Karis one spit that it's like I think it went over people's heads because he didn't come with like an aggression. Had he came with like that dark aggression on some shit, I think people would like understand like this man just verbally assaulted you in so many different ways that you can't say shit back like yeah you know that's just like sometimes it's the delivery yeah yeah and like when people said like scream that nelly got it krs1 for the for the rock the mic remix listen what krs1 did to nelly shut the fuck up you i don't give a fuck how and the verse was dope on on rock the 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 rock the mic remix like it it was fucking amazing like but you that's you, you can't I, I thought that was I thought that was average. What really helped that uh-huh. was the actual production in general. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you, wait, you're talking you about with Nelly? Yeah, 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 definitely. You, you just made me realize something. KRS then was Eminem. Nobody wanted to battle him. Nobody. Like nobody wanted to battle him. They were trying to push Kane against KRS to join the, the whole Juice Crew. Remember that whole beef? Yeah. They were trying to get Kane to jump in that. And Kane was like, nah. It wasn't that he was afraid of him. He was like, but that's not my fight. First off, they didn't respect Kane because he was the youngest one of the crew. And he was like, that's not my fight. Y'all trying to throw me in the middle of your fight when I'm not even getting the level of respect to be in the Juice crew like that. They were, that was another thing that happened. And because um, Big Daddy Kane was also talking about how um, everybody was comparing that to him to rock him. Like, you know, that they were going back and forth mm-hmm. at each other. He said, truthfully, the one I really wanted to battle was KRS-One. But... I wasn't going to step in that fight because it wasn't my fight. He said, because we were more compatible battle-wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, bro, nobody wanted smoke with him. Like, nobody wanted Karis. And like you said, he stepped in the booth like, I do this for a living. I will the, eat you alive. The man came and says that he writes a diss track for the well, – I, I don't know if he does anymore – for the top ten – every year and just has them stored up just in case and nobody ch- like nowadays if Kendrick were to say something like that like yeah I write a, I write a diss track for the top 10 every year motherfuckers would throw subliminals they would have whole think pieces on it Karis mm-hmm. when everybody the best thing everybody did was like you know what let them have that one we don't want them to unlock that we don't want we don't even want them to go in there for that <laughs> that was a, a push of T like he got it loaded yeah <laughs> nobody like, want to hear it now, I don't want to hear what you got to say about me we good <laughs> 
You're right. You're right. But uh, nonetheless, we have to do a retrospective on KRS one at some point. Um, a big part of this conversation I wanted to have is: Is Jay Z in many ways the most influential rapper ever? And by that I mean, look at what he's been able to do musically. Look at what he's been able to do in sports. Looks what he's been able to do just in business wise. And so when you look at like, and I and I've been thinking about this since I brought up this subject to you guys, and I really think the thing that makes Jay-Z's like rise in the different stages that we've seen him in is that we got to see Jay as a rapper for just a rapper for so long. He didn't have kids, none of that. So like where a lot of these rappers have kids young and like we see the evolution through their music, like when they go into fatherhood, we've gotten to see Jay go into fatherhood when he at the end of his music career. And so how that's changed him as a business mind and, and really catapulted him into like a whole new area and lane where he became not just the best rapper, but a steward for the culture in many different ways. And like he looks out for the artists and their contracts and everything else with like managing and everything. So like, what do you guys think just, and we'll break it down a little bit more, but like Jay-Z being one of the most, influ- the most influential rapper ever. What do you guys think? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say no overall. I'm going to say no overall only because the one thing and it's it and it shouldn't count against him because it's, it's the same argument for like LeBron James mm-hmm. is the longevity. Um, and I feel like there's different types of there's, there's just there's, there's just a different taste to when it comes to certain uh, rappers and or MCs. Um People just like other people just a little bit more, maybe just because of the cadence, maybe because of how they structure their song, maybe mm-hmm. it's the message. But I think whenever you mention Jay-Z, you have to mention these three other artists with him. And it, they'll, I don't, again, the longevity separates him from the pack, mm-hmm. but that's it to me. To me, that's, honestly, that's it. If you take the longevity away, you have to bring up Master P. You have to bring up, and, and and it's hard it's hard for me to make this uh, argument because we're going off of ifs and what ups. But if you really paid attention to this artist and the influence, you can't forget about Big, you can't forget about Nas, and you can't can't forget about Pop. And I will also throw this one in there as well, mm-hmm. um, Ludacris. Okay, here's why I, I have arguments against those. A, Nas is just now becoming and getting known for his business acumen. Like, mm-hmm. he hasn't had the the long-reaching business deals and ventures that Jay has. And even with Pac and Big, yes, they're influential music-wise. And they're like, hell, we're 30 years and they, they're still as, like, impactful. But they did not have the opportunity to do anything business-wise. So that automatically knocks them off. They did not do anything in in the business sense that that puts them in that same category as Jay, really the only to me the only artist that can be thrown in this Diddy. If you look at him as an artist, but he came in as a businessman, he became an artist, so that kind of separates him from that. But really, it's Mike. When you look at Mike being able to own his own masters and the Beatles masters, like that shit is nothing to really people forget about that. Like Mike owned music that and catalogs that literally he could have never left his mansion and lived off of forever. But I really don't see him. Master P for sure. Master P deserves to be in the situation. I mean, in the conversation, Master P has been smart because he starts a lot of businesses, gets the fuck out and sells them while they're profitable. And then starts another one. It's a constant stream of different businesses and revenue streams that Master P creates. But all those deals, I don't think any deal, singular deal that Master P made has is, is, 
been as um monetarily valuable as just like the last three that Jay-Z did that we covered on the Breaks Radio. Can I, can I counter that? Go ahead. I feel like the reason that is is because a lot of people, and I want to say a lot of people can I don't I want I don't want to necessarily say understand his music more. I think they just like Jay-Z music more. Mm-hmm. Not just what P has uh put out himself personally, but the other artists that P has also pushed out. Um I rock with no limit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we know when it comes to Jay-Z, they're not just saying, I like Jay-Z because of his business moves. We like his music as well. So I feel like the argument between P and Jay just comes down to the music that's being put out or the music that was being put out. People relate to Jay-Z's music more than they did of Master P and the products that he was putting out. All of that matters to me. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Go ahead, so, I'll say this. After thinking about, carefully thinking about, um, obviously we talked about Dre, Diddy, and the rest of them, I might have to agree with you that he is the most influential, and here's why. He's the most strategic out of all of them. Mm-hmm. It seems like everyone else kind of fell into deals. Like, things kind of came up, like the Ciroc thing, you know, because they needed to be saved. Um, he finds artists, screw them over. People don't want to work with him. His artists died. There's no taking care of them. Um, Dre, Dre got lucky finding him. Dre got lucky finding Snoop. Do you get what I'm saying? He had beef with um, um, Ice Cube. They passed that up. The whole Tupac situation, which kind of worked against him. Yeah, beats and everything worked out, but a lot of that stuff fell into his lap, and he had partners to do that. Mm-hmm. Jay didn't. Jay did all this by himself, and the partners he had basically said they couldn't make it without him. He proved that I can make it without you and do more. He's the one who Kanye signed with. Um, the people he inspired, like Wheezy, who basically said the best rapper alive since the best rapper retired, like the people he impacted, everybody was following Jay and Nas was there. Nas is Jay's favorite rapper, but everyone else felt that Jay was their favorite rapper. And number two, he's in the top five of all time in hip hop. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Think about that. And he brought out like, not even the artists he brought out like J. Cole and the rest of them, but you can't take that away. He's in the top five of all time. He's on the Mount Rushmore. His business ventures strategic. When he makes a guest appearance, we're waiting for that to happen. The NFL reached out to him. They worked out a deal. I, I still hate it, but I understand it. Yeah. He's a businessman. His art, his um collection, the people around him, the person he married, you get the people he managed. There is people inspired to be that. To the point where he dropped his first personal album. And like he said, people reached out to him and said, Thank you, bro. Thank you. He finally let it out. Never, never got, no one ever had that, that, that much um, access to him. And he gave it to him. And the world, everybody then started wanting to be an investor, a black business owner, because Jay-Z basically said, this is what you can do. You can make money this way. And I remember this. When that, when that 444 came out, everybody said, you know what? I want to start a business. Now I can start a business. I'm listening. I'm hearing this shit. Jay-Z has the people on the ground and the people in the industry and the people in in, in in entertainment and sports, like you said, he had he has a sports agency. He owned the Nets. He had to sell his portion of the Nets because he had his own. He had to create an agency. Yeah. Like he did that, all of that, and it was all strategic. You can see it. Like there were no missteps, and everything you hear bad about him, aside from the elevator incident, you rarely hear anything about him. You don't you don't hear him screw anybody over. The whole Kanye thing, he was trying to help him. You see what I'm saying? Like, you never hear him say, somebody says, oh, even Mint Bleak still speaks about, you know, how Jay still is his big brother. He didn't put on any music, but Beans had a problem with him, but now Beans pieced it up. Cam, 
Cam and them piece it up. You see what I'm saying? Like, they still respect him. They even said, I don't want to battle him, but there it is. He's that dude. So I got to say he has to be the most influential rapper of all time. Yes, I agree with that now. All right. Baylor, come on. You, you, looking at your face, nah. it looks like you got a rebuttal. Go ahead. No, uh, I agree. <clears throat> I agree with everything, but everything that was just said, which was it was it, it was put it was it was said well. Okay, I can't knock it. It just still sounds like longevity to me. I but, sound, but it's more I, than I, longevity, I, 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 though, bro. I, I, I can hear I can hear the, the the strategic part. That might be he might be number one. Mm. Outside of I will say this, and this is not a you know this is not an artist that I don't really rock with a lot. I would say outside of Drake, as far as strategically, uh, mar- the the marketing, and even I mean I'm not a huge fan of it, but even his music when he drops, how he drops, yes, I, I, I'll give him that. But I understand that it's not just longevity, but you got to understand a lot of these, and and I'm, and we wasn't in the huddle, so we don't know exactly when it started, but it was well after we lost to of the greatest. And I would even go as far as saying this, even if those two were still alive, I think it would be different business ventures. Oh, absolutely. So it'd be be different or whatever. So what I'm saying is I'm fine. I'm fine with the world saying he's at the top, but I'm going to be the one on the outside saying he's at the top with. So let me, let me say something, you know, BMW should sue him. He's the reason why people didn't drive by X fives from the baby mamas you know yeah yeah Yeah. people didn't get the 4.0 they needed to get the 4.6 yeah people need to drink ace of spade that you get what i'm saying he was responsible for all that all that the champagne he was the one originally responsible for all that shit he and even and even, ahead, the, even the conversation about longevity. Longevity is a byproduct of a lot of things. You got to be smart to, to to be able to stay in this game as long as what it is because there are there are artists who had super big platforms who are still releasing solid music to this day. But guess what? Nobody hears it because like longevity isn't just a product of just quality. It goes into your marketing. It goes into being smart. It goes into being strategic in the way that not even in business ventures, but when and how you release music. Um, and, and so, yes, I get the longevity being absolutely part of the conversation, but I think the longevity is a product, uh, not a reason. I think it's a product of him being at such a level that nobody else could really reach at this point. Like even Drake, even if you oh. look at Drake, Drake being around for as long as he has made huge money, Drake isn't nearly the businessman that Jay Z is. What what artists no, what right. artists have, have have OVO really done anything for? Uh, yeah, look, that's not my. You're not about to debate me on that one because I <laughs> yeah, I don't have nothing for that. Camp. But no, 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 I'm not knocking the longevity because I'm I actually feel like longevity is one of the uh, that I mean, look, what we see what Bron is doing and what Jay Z is doing is Tom Brady. Those three right there alone, what they're doing is crazy or whatever. But what I'm saying is other cats had an impact, and I feel like they had much of an influence, even if it isn't the same influence that Jay is having on us. You know what I mean? Business-wise, who do you think I'm going to sit down and talk with? <laughs> I, I, obviously, I'm going to Jay. Uh, but I will also go to these different other artists for different things. I I, I strongly believe, and I don't know, maybe you got to get somebody from the South that could 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 break it down but i think it's because of p being from the south there's a stigma i mean there was absolutely a bias against southern artists especially at the time that that p rose i think when you look at the fact that the 
the cultural classics that came out of that whole No Limit era. Um, fucking the fact that Silk the Shocker made, was was at one point a a big artist and can't rap on beat to save his fucking life is fucking amazing. Like it's just. And then look at what he did this for Snoop. Like what P was able to do with like helping Snoop in in a time where nobody else was really trying to help Snoop. Right. I think I think the main thing is that when we all get older, like especially when y'all say when y'all talk about Nas and then we talk about Nas and Jay relationship or even Cam and Jay relationship, mm-hmm. the older we get, the more mature we get, the more we just want to see unity. Yeah. And I feel like when we start talking about hip hop, it's cool and it feel good and it sound good and it's cool that we in the barbershop dividing our, our, our legends up when it comes to the albums and stuff like that. But when I look at it in the, in the totality of hip hop, I feel like, yo, at this point, I don't see a number one cat anymore. I don't. Oh, even yeah. nowadays? Even, yeah, I, I see. Now, I, again, if we want to break it down into like states and cities, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight because I honestly feel like one of the coldest cats that ever came out of New York, it comes from Yonkers. You know what I mean? Um, but Who you no. Who you talking about? No, I'm talking. I'm talking about Jada. Oh, I think I think Jada is one of the most dangerous, if you want to call him an MC or rapper of all time. One of the most and, dangerous and cats. So, Jada was one of those people that Jay, I think, had to ignore because he listen, bully, I don't know if this is gonna be blasphemy or not. Had Jay really tried to battle with Jada Kiss, it would have been another Ether situation. And At, I okay, now listen to what you just said. At the same time. I agree, uh-huh. but you will you will also agree that Jay is still more inf- influential than Jadakiss, right? Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is, when we start talking about adding everything up, I think most of that comes from the artists of Jay Z. We all fell in love with the artists of Jay Z. Everything on the outside, I thought was cool, and when I got older, I started to understand it. But if you wanna if you wanna tally up the votes. A lot of his votes is coming from him being an artist himself. So when you and start see, I think at- I think because we have been fr- fans of Jay Z since his career, I, I think we have a sco- skewed view because I can tell you right now, there are there like Jay Z's business ventures wouldn't aren't going to be as successful as what they have been based off just hip hop fans. It's not. It's his ability to cross over and the fact that even people who didn't recognize Jay for the amazing rapper that he was recognize the brand of Jay-Z and Rockefeller. When you look at like what and we didn't even talk about what Rockefeller clothing meant to the culture at one point. The fact that Jay was the first rapper to ever get a shoe deal with Reebok like there all of these things play into Jay's legend outside of just our, the hip hop community. Jay isn't just successful because of us. He used that as a platform to launch out of. But yeah, I think when you ask people who know him from the artists who are going to, of course, lean on that. But I really think like most of these ventures that have been successful for him are just because people recognize, they don't know the history, but they know Jay-Z is a brand. They know him, unfortunately, for a big part of they know him as Mr. Beyonce. There are people who don't know <laughs> the fact that Jay was one of the most dangerous. It's, it's people who don't know that at one point Jay was rapping like common sense. They don't know that. We know that. So we it play it adds to his legend for us. But I don't think mainstream wise that, that everybody can say the same thing. So two things. You just pointed something out. The one thing that Jay has over everybody, he gets invited. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. He gets invited. Okay. I don't know how many other people are chilling with Obama who got invited on white people platforms 
white people know him. You know what I mean? They don't really know Master P like that. So, and two, I don't know if he would have got ether. Here's why. He just beat Beans. And if it wasn't for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> Beans make you fart. Jada really shit on niggas. That's mm-hmm. where that ended for me. Beans can't beat Jay. Jay is, Jay can outthink certain things, certain, certain situations. Like, Think about this. Takeover. You can say what you want. Takeover was masterful. I thought it was over for Nas. I swear Most to people you, I thought did. it was over for Nas. Most, for, and for and 90% of rappers, that it would have been over for them. Like, they're, they're, Takeover is one of those tracks that when you listen to it, you would automatically think there's no coming back. There is no coming back from this. By the luck of the gods, Nas was able to. Like, But... That there's not many people who who could have come back from Takeover at all. Like, I, and Jada Jada's nasty, but Jada goes for the jugular. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> think Jada would outsmart Jay. That's that's all I'm saying. I don't Jay think it, I don't think it comes down to being outsmarted. I don't. I, don't I just think, think that the, the bar. That. I think when it boils down to bars, that I don't think Jay would have been able to Jada kiss at that point in time, riding off the beans beef. At the, he was hungry as shit. He was tired of being overlooked. If Jay would have given him the opportunity, not the opportunity, but if Jay would have would have responded to him, I think that that would have been a perfect storm of Jada. He would have did some story of Adidon shit. Yeah. I, I, I'm completely convinced he would have. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He had nothing. You know what it is? Jay had nothing. Jay had everything to lose. Jada didn't. Had shit and to it lose. would have been more about, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Okay. It had probably been a real bad situation. It had been another, as Men Bleak said, it had been another dark day for Rockefeller. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that one. So, and this is, and we, so I, it's unfair and I think disingenuous if we only focus on the, the positive. We know Ether. Mm-hmm. So, outside of Ether, what do you guys see as the biggest L of Jay Z's career? Oh, you know what? That's probably the best Jay-Z question I've ever heard in my life. Because when it comes to Jay-Z, don't nobody want to come up with those type of questions because they they view Jay as whole. See what I did there? <laughs> um, I think the I think it's not I think it's not um for some reason Nas and Nas and Pac pops in, in my head. I don't know what it is, but it's something between those three. I felt like something should have been fixed between those three. Um, because I think at this point, we all view Jay at the top and we already know who his competition or his, his you know, his running mate or whatever you want to call him. Um, again, we're going to bring up Jay. I mean, we're going to bring up Nas. We're going to bring up Pop. We're going to bring up Big. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a personal thing. I don't think he's done anything that bothered me or anything like that. I, he's damn near been business-wise, he's been perfect to me. Um, and as far as his music, I mean, there's a couple of albums that I didn't really too much care about, but I still took a couple of songs off. Uh, I think, I think as a black man, I just wanted to see more unity with the people that he used to rock with or the people that he was up against. And maybe that's just him talking about them in an interview in a different light. Like when we all heard the, when he gave us a small story about DMX, you know what I'm saying? Performing, going on before him and, and stuff like that. I think I want to hear more about that. You know what I mean? Because we already know Jay, Jay will either ignore you <laughs> or he'll throw some shots at you. Uh, but even then within that light, in a way he, he tells you that, yeah, I don't really care much about you. You know what I mean? Where I feel like there were artists that that was uh, that was eye to eye, or maybe a tad bit better than him that I felt like you know he should have gave some love to. 
We already know the story between him and Pop. We know the story between him and Nas. And it was a beautiful thing when we heard him and Nas were cool. And now there's some there's some people out there that don't feel like <laughs> they shouldn't be making records together all the time. Um, but I'm the total opposite. I want to see more. I want to see more of Nas and Jay-Z. I want to I want to hear more stories or or maybe, you know, um, when they come out with the stories, uh, uh, their their growth. You know what I'm saying? I thought this way about Pac. I thought this way about Big. Or I thought this way about Nas, but I was wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? I, like I think that. That, that I think that's about it. Other than that, I mean, sh- he's 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 different. <laughs> he's different. He's made it this long, and he stayed relevant to where when he drops, the world stops. For me, and I think that's one one of my biggest gripes with him is accessibility. That he's not accessible. The biggest L, aside from Ether, to me, um, was his absence. When we were going through everything last year, George Floyd and everything, you didn't hear from him at all. Like, you didn't hear him take a platform, say anything about anything. His decision was to partner with an NFL to promote more black artists or minority. Mm-hmm. Oh. There was no stance that he took. There was no response. Again, it was just... He was gone. Whatever he was doing behind the scenes, unless he was doing something we didn't know about, trust me, his team would have made sure that shit was public, but there was no response from him. There was no reaching out to, you know, or being a a leader, if you will, a black leader, especially with the the presence he has, it wasn't felt. We heard Kendrick, we heard Cap, we heard all these other musicians, all these other artists, players, we didn't hear Jay. And we heard Jay and Beyonce at the 24th hour around the election, but that was it. That's the only L I think, um, aside from Ether, um, that I think Jay took, and it, it was disappointing because I, I I admire Jay. I just I did want to hear from him around that time when we needed everyone, like you said, as far as unity, we needed that, and he's one of the most influential. I mean, I don't know if Dre spoke on it, but that's we we don't you know what I mean. So, but I did, so I so it's subjective then, right? It's subjective then, right? I mean, everything is. Why? Because, because I mean, because is it is it is it is it our fault for putting him in that position? No, no, it's not. It's your response shouldn't have been get J Lo up there so she can say now it's time for Latinos to shine. You get what I'm saying? Like that's that's not the approach. There should have been more, like I said, conversations, more, um, you know, congratulating, you know, Stacey Abrams, like whatever, just something there that represented. This is the direction we need to go in. Right now, as black people, we're targets. And now, again, this is this is the first time a black person was killed by a cop, and you saw it, and you, you know what I mean? Like, but you had some people who spoke on it, who brought it up, who actually addressed it. We didn't hear anything from Jay, and he has a platform. He's one of three billionaire rappers. His wife is Beyonce. You can say what you want. He's Beyonce's husband, but he's a billionaire, not because of her. He's a billionaire because of him. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. That's to me. That was the second L he took for me personally. Okay, so I, I, so this first L is just something that I just want to talk about since we have the platform where we're doing it. Uh, one of the L's Jay took is taking Royce of Five Nines versus offering the game because he would have completely been outshined by two d- artists from Detroit at that point in time. Because, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, bro. And Eminem versus oh yeah, bro. Royce of Five Nine may have the best verse on that tr- on that track, even more so than Eminem. But yeah, um, I agree with that. Like, I agree with that. That would have yep. been a career making track for Royce of Five Nine, which made either that much better. 
Because <laughs> Nas did mention that. Yeah, yeah. But um, Eminem murdered you. Oh my God, yeah, you're right. Royce was on that. <laughs> Eminem and Royce murdered you on your own. Bro. Yeah, we have been picking up the pieces of his. Oh, shit. Because yeah. Royce, look, I, I'll choose M over Royce. I know everybody says Royce is up there. Mm-hmm. M just comes from a whole different angle. But that verse, that was the first time I said M. Oh, shit. You might need to step your game up. <laughs> Royce killed it. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Man. I think the, I think the only thing that would have made it that much worse is if that if uh, Royce would have been on Ether. You you know, yes. and it's funny, and I know where this is a Jay Z retrospective, but Royce the Five Nine has one of the biggest what if careers of all time, and the only reason I said he still had a great career. The only reason I said say that is because had he not been hot headed and got and did not want to wait his turn for his album to come out. He would have been in the position 50 Cent would have been. He was originally meant to be in that position. Eminem and Dr. Dre were going to focus on Royce the Five-Nine's career, but because M's albums came out, Detroit got promoted a little bit before him, Royce got hot-headed and started coming out with diss tracks, and then nobody wanted to work with his ass for five years. So it just, that, and it pisses me off because as we can see, Royce the Five-Nine is a way better rapper than 50 Cent. And like, had he just waited, had he just waited, we could have been talking about a whole different career for Royce Department. Still had an amazing career. We probably wouldn't have got Slaughterhouse if that happened. So, you know, one of the best groups in recent memory. So, I mean, everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And the bar exams, go and listen to those if you want nothing but pure lyricism because it's amazing. But I had to I had to take that time out to just shot that out because, you know, that still sits with me. I listened to that Royce Five Nines verse on Renegade probably a couple of times a year. And every time I'm just like, this is fucking, but this may be one of the best verses I've ever heard in my life. So, uh, nonetheless, but I think Jay's biggest L for me, like serious L was the way that he ran Def Jam when he was the president of Def Jam. Yeah. A lot of positive came out of it. Um, because like he, Rick Ross came out of that. Who else? Rihanna came out of that. Um, at that time, at that time, everybody thought uh, Lil Wayne was gonna sign with Def Jam. Was that around that time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that he yeah. he, he almost did. Been, remember? Oh if, my god, if, that would have been crazy. If, imagine, imagine you would have had Ray Royce. Uh, I think uh, Jay also had. He gave Luda a little bit more power. It's not like he signed Luda or anything. Um, Nas came over to Def Jam at that time. Uh, Rihanna, who was a powerhouse herself, Rihanna. and then imagine yeah. if Lil Wayne in that would have came over to Def Jam as well. We could have been talking about one of the greatest runs of a record label ever. But I think... Yeah, you, you, say you sign Lil Wayne, you might have to sign Gilly too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, outside... Yes, he, he, he signed some artists that did great. But I think overall, when you really look at what that... Having the what many people consider the best rapper of all time running the most iconic label in our, in our culture. And it be mm-hmm. a fail overall. is just a, to me, that's a loss that, that should have been, we should still be talking about Jay-Z as president of Def Jam. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe that wasn't his ultimate goal. I mean, maybe that was just one of his, you know, footsteps or whatever. To get I mean, to it was, it was another strategic move. He only looking back to me, he only did that. Because that's what gained him. He didn't have ownership of his masters before then. That was part of that deal. Is he gained the master ownership of his masters when he became president of Def Jam. So I really think that that was that was the strategic move for that. Because then if you look at how he then went and what he did with Rock Nation, he had the acumen to run a successful record label. 
Maybe it was, he just wanted to get his master's, do his three years, and get the fuck up out of there. Get him out of there, yeah. Yo, yeah. didn't he also had Kanye on Def Jam, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. If he would have, if he would have had a successful run as president of Def Jam, the most iconic record label for hip hop, he had Wayne, he had Yeezy, he had him. Yeah, that would have changed everything for him. Yeah, yeah that would have changed. That would have changed the music. Yeah. Uh, a, the most successful record company all the other ones are owned by white people this one is run by jay-z yeah and like you said nas went there that's that said a lot that nas went to def jam and jay was the president and then jay ended up on his album yep. on the album it was released but yeah so yeah that's a big one shit all right i got nothing else you guys got anything left i can't what? wait for jay album to come out what is one what is one jay-z album that will never you only could pick one and i know hey, it's a lot of them because i got like i said his his blueprint series is just godly okay um you can only pick one track never to be erased from your library no no matter what i don't care if your phone your laptop crash that song is not coming off oh that's a hard one one song that you can listen to. I, we talking about going to the island. They were like, look, what's your favorite Jay track in order for you to get in this island? Go. Shit. I don't know if I can. Like, I need some time. Marquis, take that one this, first. This shows his greatness. I, you just got to pick one, though. One. He has too many songs. He has 11 albums. I don't care. Fuck. You have to do it. You got to do it right now. Um, I, I'm gonna say this. I'm sorry, Blueprint Two was not a great album. <laughs> See, to me, Blueprint, Blueprint, two Blueprint two Three was not a good album. I love the first two Blueprints. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. You know, and you know what's crazy? Ooh. We've had this talk about who has the uh, who got the three peat albums, right? And we got Kanye up there. We got uh, we got um, Lil uh, John, K Dot, Lil, Lil John. No, 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 Lil John, Lil John, K Dot. Paris. I'm sorry. His first three albums. Tropical Quest, but that's not a rapper. My bad. The first three Tropical Quest albums are classic. Um, Every Tropical Quest. I think Jay is in there. Jay is in there. The love, the love, whatever. No, it was not classic. Um, All right, look. Oh my God. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, what would you say? What would you say? Because uh, I, I, I don't know. Ne I, never change. Damn, that's hard. That is hard as fuck, dude. Oh my God. Fuck. All right. So you're not necessarily even saying. What the best J song? You're just saying if I had to hold on no, to one J song. Nah, I, I don't. I don't care which J song out there ranked in the most cast, the most popular. Yours personally. Fuck. I might have to say feeling it. That's a good choice because I can't think of anything right now because he has so many. Oh my god, bro. Honestly, it's fuck. It's a toss up between Brooklyn's finest. Oh shit. And where I'm from. Oh, but to say where I'm from. One A, one B. Look at y'all stressing on the Sunday. You shouldn't. Have that shit to. is crazy. Oh God. Um. Oh my God. What was the song? The one that pre Premier produced. Um. Fuck. Oh shit. I hate you, Baylor. I hate you. Today, yo, you you stumped me on this one. Fuck. What about you, Baylor? Which one's yours? You don't know. Okay. Oh my God. That's what you're going with? To do sure. I don't know, man. I, uh, I don't know. Which one are you picking, baby? I can't do it right now. He just uh, said, um, it, it, it'd be, um, it'd be between uh, Never Change and Heart of the City. 
Ooh, those are good picks. Better than um justify my thug. Nah, nah. <laughs> but that was one of those when I I knew where I was at when that when that album dropped. And when I heard who was producing that track, I was like, okay. All right. Well, if that's it, we got nothing else. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marky. You got something to say? Can I live? I can't. I, okay. I don't know, man. I hate you. Bailey there's hate there's, you, a, there's a mix that a DJ did of Can I Live a Young Jeezy Go Crazy that is one of my favorite mix ever. Really? Yeah. You got to send it. You got to send it. Okay. Oh, why do you have to say one, bro? There's one. Man. There's one. But, uh, <laughs> that's like saying... Imagine saying uh, one Nas track. Like, come on, bro. One mic. Uh, That's easy for me. Or, one mic. One mic. One mic. You know what? I'm my one. This question. My okay. one Nas. My one Nas song would be actually be Ultra Black. Mmm. Okay. Wow. You want to know why though? Um, and I had got emotional too when I when I first heard it because when I I think it had been out already. I think it had been out already, but. The song was like playing in the background when I found out Chad, uh, Chadwick Boseman died. Mm, okay, okay. Mine might be mine might be um, either Undying Love or Trust. Mm, okay. Another one, the one where he like sampled James power. Brown. What's the name of that song? Get down. Get down. I love that song. That shit. That shit was dope. That shit's bananas. Oh um, shit. Yo, you know this proves my point, right? What? Wherever what? wherever Jay go, Nas goes. <laughs> you can't. Clearly. Like literally, you, you it's like it's like Batman and Joker. You can't bring one up without the other. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't think. I even think in a vacuum, like looking at it, they pushed each other so much, both directly and indirectly. If one of them had existed in a world where the other one didn't exist, I don't. I don't know if that either one would have would have yeah. achieved the levels that they did. Yeah, yeah. That is they true. are their greatest competition. You're absolutely right. Um, That's true. And I gotta say, man, that DMX song makes me want to hear Jay Nas album more than ever. Yeah, just please. I, more than ever. I know they can pull it off. Where's the J. Cole verse to that, Bath Salts? Like, why is why is Swiss holding on to this shit? You already held on to Bath Salts for like five years. And then you yes. then then you you tease this J. Cole verse on this amazing beat, and we need that. Like, stop robbing the culture of shit like this. Quick story. You know, they asked Jay um, if he's going to work on an album with Nas, right? Like, if he would ever do it. And he said the, the challenge is everyone has a certain way to work together. Like, there ha it's a fit. It just fits in. Like, him and Ye work together well. Like, they have the same vibe. They go in. They're feeling it. They, they're ready to go at it. Um, even when he worked with R. Kelly, it was just, obviously, it was R&B and everything like that. But there was always this vibe that was just natural. It wasn't like, I got to shine or I got to shine. There's a clash between them two, which is why it made it hard. And you didn't see the symmetry. Mm. With Kanye, you always know that Kanye is still looking up to Jay, and Jay is the front of that. Even though it's Kanye and Jay watch the throne, you always see Jay as the forefront. But who do you put in the front with Nas and Jay? So the cool thing is with Black, the Blackout album, Red and Meth, there's no, there's no bravado there. They're just cool as fuck. They get high. They go back and forth. Mm. But with Nas and Jay, they're power, powerhouses. So there has to be an alpha between them, which is why it's hard for them to work together. But now you see these songs, you can see it working now. Like they finally accept. I mean, it. It, it would have to be like each track is them just seeing who can come up with the better verse. Like you would almost have to make it to where they don't hear each other's verses at all when they work on the album. You literally somebody has to give them the beats and say, 
Jay's also doing this beat. I need you to come up with a hotter 16 than Jay. Are you a hotter 16 than Oz? And just let that be it. But you got, they got to give me a back and forth like, like a Styles and Jada. This could have been that one. That could have been that. it right there. That, the way they were going back and forth, like, I swear to God, I could have heard Jay jump right back on after Nas. Y'all ain't made enough. And Jay, then X came and kind of fucked it up for me. But if Jay would have got on that shit again, oh my God. That and why why pick that X verse like that? Why why did it sound like X was like fighting his tongue in that verse to get out of get it out of his way? Like it's just like that 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 song and knowing that the culture was waiting for that song. Why say that we're gonna leave this DMX verse on there? Like why? That was the first song that so many people went to when they played that album for the first time, and it was like why do X like that on his own shit? Jay and Nas murdered you on your own shit. Jesus, man. So you know, you you know, we gotta we gotta do this again, and we gotta obviously we gotta we gotta talk about Nas. Okay, we can do that. We can talk about Nas next. Nas have have any anniversaries coming up? Well, we yeah, just he just it. had the twenty fifth yeah, anniversary Chris, of um. Yeah, it was written. Yeah, Matt, okay, so yeah, we, have, we have to come back. <laughs> Got overshadowed. Got overshadowed by Jay-Z's 25th anniversary. <laughs> we got we to gotta do that. Um, but go ahead, fellas. Give me your social media. Let's get the hell up out of here. At uh, Baylorism on Twitter. At Baylor the Great on everything else. Um, BTG for President. Open Run with BTG. Part of the Red Sonics Network. And also, also, the all-star, the superstar of the Breaks Radio. I said it. I said it. Hey. <laughs> but, 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 out of respect, I'm one of the superstars <laughs> on the Breaks Radio. One of. We're definitely, we're we're definitely like the Warriors a few years ago. That's, that's, oh, we for sure the Warriors. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, Marky. Dream on. <laughs> Impenetrable I'll, on IG. Go ahead. I'll be the Draymond. I keep it all running together. You guys can get the shine. I just, I just keep everything running together, and I play hard defense from time to time. That's all. Well, it's your fault the reason KD left. How about that? <sighs> I mean, KD hasn't left yet. So you see, now you're now you're foreshadowing. Me. Now, if Mary leaves, it's your fault just because you said. I didn't say she was. She's not. She's not KD. Who's KD? Saying, did you have other people on the show? Did you have somebody else on the show prior oh. to me? Yeah. Okay. No. no. That was like that was Harrison Barnes. That don't count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not on Sunday. Oh. We're not doing this on Sunday. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively, or you can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio, even though that's not this podcast. You can follow this podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. And we out this bitch. Peace. Peace.